0: He shoots, he draws, is sponsored by the Westcott Rapid Box Switch in association with JP Distribution. Isn't it time you made the switch? Do it today at www.fjwestcott.com/switch.
1: Welcome to the He Shoots, He Draws podcast, the show about photography and design, with your hosts, Glenn Dewis and Dave Clayton.
0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of He Shoots, He Draws with me, Glyn Dewis, and my, not present at the time we're recording this intro, Dave Clayton. Now, this particular episode is a little bit different. I actually turned the tables on Dave and I did an interview uh, with him about him because I wanted you folks out there who maybe don't know so much about Dave, I wanted you to know a little bit more about my best mate and what makes Dave, Dave. Now, this was kind of uh, motivated by the fact that on the day we did record the actual interview, uh, I'd received two copies of my brand new book, The Photoshop Toolbox. They'd come through from Rocky Nook, the first two samples off the print. Uh, And obviously, David uh, designed the cover for this book, as he has done in my two previous books. So that was one reason. The other reason being there is a contract, which you'll hear us kind of briefly mention about in the episode, uh, and all I can say is that Dave has got a contract from Rocky Nook to write a book. That is all I can tell you. In fact, that's probably more than we were able to tell you at the time we did the uh, the chat. So, I guess, seeing as I'm sat here on my own, we better get this going. And I'm going to start off by saying, Dave, who are you?
1: Hello, Clint. Well, I'm Dave, <laughs> your co-host. Uh, I call myself a graphic designer, Um because that's the thing I enjoy doing the most. So it's the thing when people ask, that's what I say that I do. But I'm actually, uh, I'm a trainer, educator. Uh, I write for Photoshop Music Magazine. And uh, I work for a, I actually have a day job. So I work as a training manager for a company called Astute Graphics. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think my hobby is design. I think it's one of those things... um, as a graphic designer, it actually encompasses everything I love, not right. just the, the job that I do. Right, so cool. that's kind of how I sort of tell people what I am. All right, cool. Well, I th- I
0: thought this week um, we'd we'd kind of because you interviewed me a few few weeks back, and that was when we talked about business and all that yeah. kind of stuff. And that did seem to go down really well. Quite a, some great feedback on that. And I thought I thought it was about time we turn the tables, and I kind of got you down on audio now to sort of give a bit of an overview of. What you do, and obviously, because this is a podcast, mate, for photographers, designers, and that seems to be growing actually, other kinds of folks as well. Yeah. I thought it'd be good to get you uh, on here to kind of talk about your design stuff. All right. Well, thank so, you. <laughs> so <laughs> I want to kick off. We always said we'd never do this, talk about so. How did you start? But I do want to find out because in fact, no, I'm not talking about, it. I don't want to find out. I know already because I've seen your presentations, but for the benefit of the folks who haven't seen you presenting yet, there is one that you do. There's a presentation you do when you talk about as a kid being a designer and i'm not going to give it all away but you talk about this kidnapping thing so can you kind of let the folks know (laughs) how you got into all this design stuff or was design
1: already in you yeah well as you mentioned from the kidnapping i spent a lot of time in prison learning (laughs) strong walls (laughs) um no i know what you mean so at photoshop world last year i wanted to do a class that wasn't a tutorial i wanted to talk about why me Because there's a lot of people who go to these things and I'm quite humble about what I do. And I always think, well, you know, why am I the qualified person to be standing here? A lot of people don't know me. I I don't have things associated to me like yourself and my fellow instructors. So I kind of want to give them a story of, well, why do I love graphic design? And I called it Get Inspired by Graphic Design. Because the more I talked to people about graphic design or design work the more I realised it's actually quite a widespread thing. I guess it's like, you know, a painter Mm. can be someone who decorates a living room or a a fine art painter. So as I sat down and started to think about it, it's just these ideas and examples in daily life that I started to realise. Actually, you know, design is all around us constantly. And then it was, well, actually, think about from when you get up in the morning the amount of design that's in front of you from you know you get up and you might check your phone that's that's been designed in such a way to be appealing the app the app icons you go downstairs you put your cereal you pull your cereal out the cupboard your cereals all been designed specifically to capture your attention yeah, yeah. the newspaper has been designed uh the, the t-shirt that you might wear there's there's just design constantly around us and it's what influences us and i wanted to get a class together that explained to people why my role as a graphic designer is important but also hard because as a as an industry our job is to make things visually appealing um but getting the message across so i started to put these bits together um that was basically you know how did i start i was a little kid i was at home for some reason, all I can remember is my mum used to watch sci-fi, Star Trek, Land of the Giants, uh, just tons of really iconic, eye-catching, colourful American TV, Thunderbirds, Joe 90. And I was always fascinated by like the Thunderbirds logo and the branding. They all had a different colour and the Thunderbirds all had a different colour and there was that was the thing that always stood out to me like man from uncle i always remember had this great logo um and everything was this des- everything had a design to it and a style and uh, Dave, old. how how old are we talking about we're you... talking about i was born in 1965 so we're talking about from the age of i don't know six five six seven i, I can remember Like toys i had christmas morning captain scarlet particularly i had a captain scarlet car and uh for anyone if americans may not know but captain scarlet had a very specific logo and that was what i used to draw that's what i used to i used to copy a lot so as a child my memories are all really vibrant colorful packaging and tv shows and i think it's that nature versus nurture thing do you are you born a designer or do you do you you learn yeah this is the thing i'm thinking here you are you know a kid of six ish
0: and you're kind of what's really standing out to you with all that kind of stuff is oh wow look at the colors in that look at the design in that it's like it's hard to get your head around thinking why at the age of six is that something that's attracting you do you know what i mean yeah
1: and i used to i mean you've you've seen my office i i love old stuff. I love you know, I, I keep a lot of old things or I quite often I'll buy things off eBay. But I'm fascinated by packaging. Um and that was probably the, the bigger thing for me is what I remember is old brands of you know, my mum used to walk us to Sainsbury's to supermarket mm. and I just have really vivid memories of, of liking the packaging of the things she used to buy. And and at such a young age that's the thing that I always remember. It's you know just sitting on the floor with a box of pencils and and coloring and drawing and copying things but as I grew up and that's what I did at school that is what I really excelled at at school was art and technical drawing bearing in mind we're talking pre-computer days Mm. you know not a hint of a computer when I was a kid that growing up through school i was always artistic i've still got all my old school reports and they all say the same thing Hmm. crap at maths (laughs) he can speak english um just his yeah (laughs) his history and geography there Uh, that's all behind me now (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but our anything artistic (laughs) anything artistic was the thing i excelled at so i get to the age of 16 I can't believe you just said that. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Everything would be, Dave's going to go to university or I'm going to go to college and study graphic design or art. Because even at 16, there was still, you know, the only technology at school was the language lab where you had headphones on, yeah? Yeah. Um, I left school at 16. There was no talk of me doing anything following on from that. I I got all my best grades in art and technical drawing. I, I sucked at maths. I got ungraded in maths. And yet I, I left school and went to work for my dad in an engineering company. Right. And it, Now, when people talk about regrets, when you think you're good at something, and I will say as a piece of advice to anyone, if you've got a particular skill now in this day and age, if you use every opportunity available to you to learn your craft and to go and study it. If you can go to college and university, take that thing and go and do it. Because this is a great industry, but it's a very competitive industry. Now I went into engineering and yet I found all the time I was working with my dad we used to work on these big machinery uh, big machines big compacting presses and my job was to clean them rub them down paint them I used to do all the electrical wiring all the pipes and do you know what every machine that, that came in and went out looked brand new because I painted it and made it look mm. good i used the right colors the electrical cabinets i used to do were all color coded they were all <laughs> laid out because they were a work of art i wish i had photographs of these cabinets that i used to make everything was precise and designed it had an aesthetically pleasing look to me yeah, yeah, yeah. um and i did that for nine years and i went to college and got a you know sitting guilds in mechanical engineering nine years you know nine years straight out of school and i were really my going to college years, going to university years, and I didn't.
0: So so while you were doing that then, while you are doing all this engineering work with your dad for, for like nine years, you've grown up to that point there with a fascination, interest in type graphic design and stuff like that. So in your spare time, are you still keeping that going? Are you still doing stuff?
1: Yeah, in my spare time, all I remember was uh, I was I became fascinated with desktop well what is now called desktop publishing I had a real fascination for for publications for books and magazines and I used to buy a lot of magazines that had real good like art like look and learn there was a magazine called look and learn that had a lot of artistic stuff in so what I really did was I spent all that time kind of not actually studying it but I realized looking back I was studying it I was researching it but more in a leisurely fashion because you know through my own fault I decided to go and work so I wanted some money mm. um but I do you know I've still got a couple of books from back in those days where I I remember being always looking at logos and packaging if I used to I remember when I worked for dad I, I'd buy from a company that had the best logo rather mm. than necessarily the cheapest price oh, wow. <laughs> never told my dad that but, <laughs> but I, there, there was always something there but you know you get into that age girls get into your life and you know that it's still around you, but pro- perhaps not as much as I should have done mm. um, back then. But you know, work was important. Tell 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 us about that kidnapping thing then, because I love yeah, that story. T- <laughs> so as part of my slide, I talk about typography, and I was fascinated with type. My mum used to have a catalogue come, which um, you like, you go through and you pick something, you pay for it over like forty weeks, and there was this you know massive thick catalogue, like two inches thick that had all these products in and because and then you've got all the products you've got all the logos which means you've got all the typography and I used to cut things out and make my own catalogue so I used to go through the toys or whatever make my catalogue and then I used to make all the titles and whenever we watched anything like Starsky and Hutch or yeah Man from Uncle, or Mission Impossible every time there was an episode where somebody was kidnapped I got excited <laughs> because there was a ransom note and I used to think, and I'd love to do a sketch for this one day, is every kidnapping gang, somebody had to do the ransom note. And I used to love the thought of there was this one guy who was a complete nerd, like had no muscle, <laughs> no, not a threatening bone in his body. But man, did he love to make a ransom note. And he had a collection of type. And that's what I had. I had all these letters cut out from magazines and newspapers. My mum's old Woman's Weekly. And I had alphabets, and I used to make and recreate kidnap letters. Mm-hmm. I never did any kidnapping. <laughs> but Good. <laughs> that, but that side of it made me, I don't know, I guess I'm, I was just learning typography in a really weird way. Because ransom note is the most, you know, the, it's the worst thing possible because it's like every letter's different, the colors different, the type's different. And yet, a ransom note is aesthetically pleasing to the eye. There's something about the randomness of it that to this day, people still create art that looks like a ransom letter. Mm. So I used to love the kidnapping episodes. (laughs) And uh, I never saw it as a career path, obviously. But that for me was a thing where, you know, typography is really important. It goes back to the whole thing of messaging. and, And even now I can find a type, I can find a typeface that will actually make me come up with an idea for a graphical project just from seeing a, a word in a particular typeface. But that is just something that, you know, over a period of time, the more you see it, the more you understand it, the more you research it, you realise there's a science behind it. Okay. So...
0: All right. So, so. Uh, right. Now, just going back to what you've been talking about so far, then we've got now to roughly about the age of 25. Yes. All right. So I, I just want to know, what... Let's talk about the years now from 25 to. Leading up f- to f- the day. Yeah. How did. <laughs> keeping it clean and what you can talk about, I guess. But yeah. just, you know, how have you gone from that age of 25 when you're just finishing working with your dad, I believe? Yeah. And then you here you are now. You are, you know, you're a, you're a graphic designer, you, you're you a training manager, you're presented on stage, blah, 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 blah. How, what's happened in that 25 plus years?
1: Yes. So <laughs> <laughs> about that age is where my life completely turned on its head. And although I didn't necessarily pursue an actual career path, th- that leaving my dad and joining the next company was the moment in my life that, cha- that absolutely changed my life. Because the job I-, I got, I went to work for a printing company in Hemel hempstead called AM International. And they, they were a printing company, but I joined them just at a time where the Apple Mac had just come out. So it was the first time I actually saw a computer. Mm. Now, by that time, while I was working with my dad, I started making, uh, by hand, drawing you know a ruler and a pencil and pen. I used to start making forms for things like stock lists and stuff like that, and order forms. So unbeknown to me, I'd started path in what is desktop publishing that's creating forms and layout when i joined this company and they had the first apple macintosh they also had a piece of software called quark express which was desktop publishing software and i used to go into this other department and used to get told off all the time for it because i wasn't at my desk (laughs) and the guy showed me what quark express was and that was it i like the the bit in my the little spark in my brain lit up like a little firework and went that's what you should be doing this this I love so I used used to volunteer and stay after work and make warranty forms and any any form any document anyone wanted I sat and I taught myself Cork Express just by doing it I had no books no instruction manuals but I loved the fact that I could make this stuff on a computer Mm. and then I was there for five years and in that five years we went from uh, yeah, I learnt on a Mac, and then we got our first colour computer, which would like a massive two meg <laughs> memory. <laughs> Not even RAM. You'll memory. never fill that up. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it i was so i was working at a printing company so i'm seeing the printing side the development of color photocopiers which meant i could now make things i could use a photocopier to add elements to it so i started making little fanzines like little magazines for my brother's band and so it was a mixture of kind of doing some on a computer some of it was cutting out and some of it was using a photocopier so i was actually teaching myself to make content Mm through you know traditional i actually i ended up stealing a photocopier from them (laughs) it it was supposed to be going for scrap and i knew it wasn't broken and i ended up putting it in my boot and i took it home and i had this little tiny a4 photocopier and i was making posters (laughs) (laughs) because you could put stuff on a bit of paper photocopy it bring it out and then add a new layer to it and then put it back in the photocopier. I mean, someone came along and created something called Photoshop. From I was going to say, that
0: that sounds like, <laughs> and this isn't a plug, that sounds like the first chapter in my new book, which has got your face in it <laughs> with different layers <laughs> on it, building it all up, different sheets yeah. of acetate. So,
1: That's exactly, I used to take acetate sheets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I used to draw, in fact, I found some the other day where I'd, I'd drawn around a, a photograph, and I'd used that as a template to photocopy To add something else on top and that's what i used to use acetate sheets copy paper or textured paper and photocopy the texture i loved it i mean it's when people like photographers talk about going in the dark room and working Mm -hmm. with film i guess for me that's you know cutting and pasting and doing it by hand is i think you learn a craft by doing it by hand definitely, I know it's different today, kids go straight into computers, but that job, that five years in that job, were were, were life-changing in terms of, I knew what I was good at, but unfortunately I didn't have the character to go, right, I will now go and look for a job doing that kind of thing, I left and joined a a quarry company, (laughs) and got into the quarrying industry, and you know, again, it's one of those things, do you regret not pursuing your craft or do you just take, well, if I look back and think all the experiences I've had is is where I am today.
0: I was gonna say because it's it's almost like one of those um sliding doors moments, isn't it? Yeah. That kind of thing. Do you go that route or do you go that route? Because if you go that route there, that's going to happen to you. And if you go that route there then yeah. something else is going to happen to you. And obviously, it's kind of brought you round to this point, no matter what. And like you say, who knows? If you hadn't... If you'd have done something different all those years ago, mm. we might not be talking now. We may never have met. You may never now be, you know, presenting and have a contract for something I don't know if you're allowed to mention. Are not you, yet. Not I'm not to allowed to mention it yet. not going to mention it, but you've got a contract, which is really yeah. brilliant. Uh, you know, presenting, presenting on stage, got a fantastic job, all that kind of stuff may never have happened.
1: Yeah. Or... I could be the owner of a huge graphic design company. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, but... Indoors, I'm man. not, I'm not unhappy with what I've got. And I think mm. that's the thing of looking back is, if you're good at something, pursue it as best you can, mm-hmm. but not necessarily at the expense of the things you want in your life at the time. So at the time, you know, I had a girlfriend or I a then, then wife. And, you know, I wanted to go out, I wanted to socialise, I had football in my life, and I probably put too much focus on entertaining myself than actually thinking like being able to think ahead and going where do i want to be in 5 10 15 years time with this do mm-hmm. you know if th- this stuff's going to get good but again you know an opportunity arose i left that company i joined a quarry company uh, i was there for a few years and again it went back to the whole we you know we still we had computers i started still making stuff in the office and every time they wanted to kind of do something for an exhibition they asked me to do it and i was able to kind of mock it up loosely based on the the tools we had and you know cutting out photographs and things but one day we um this company came into our office and shared some office space mm. and the guy that uh owned the back office had a computer in their color computer and i went down to see him one day because he had something on his screen that i'd never seen before and i was like what's this you got and he goes oh, "I." paint shop pro it's called paint shop pro i'm like okay tell me more what what does it do he said oh you can do things like opens up photographs and you can apply effects and things to it by which time by which case he looked around i think every time he looked around i got closer and then (laughs) sat down next to him and next minute i've got the mouse in my hand (laughs) and so yeah this program paint shop pro and i sat down and saw what it could do and i said could are you happy if i come into your office after work every day like for an hour and just sit on your computer and it, give me something to do if, if you want me to do something for you give it to me to do. and he said to me actually i've got a picture of my son with his girlfriend he's there's a red sports car in the foreground and she sat on the front corner headlight then behind the sports car he's standing he was in the military because he was swedish he's standing in his full suit um heli- he was a helicopter pilot and behind him was his helicopter so it was this really cool shot, and I said, "Okay, what do you want me to do to it? Like, take some dots out?" He says, "No, my son has split up with that girl. I don't want her in the picture anymore." <laughs> okay. So bearing in mind, this is like really like Paint Shop Pro 4, maybe even maybe even earlier than that, and I've got no concept of layers or anything like that. All I've did, got. Did
0: Paint Shop Pro 4 not have the make this look brilliant? In Paint Shop Pro 4 button,
1: no, no, that had not That came in. That That came came in in Photoshop. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay. So I'm sitting there looking at, thinking, okay, I've got no. There's a big chunk of this car not there, and all I've got is the rest of the car to work from. So I sat and kind of reverse engineered, and you know, when you think today of how we look at images and you do with your lighting and everything, we reverse engineer stuff, and all I had was the um oh what's the tool where you select from one area and you you paint with it in another area well the clone stamp tool clone clone stamp yeah Yeah, sorry my brain's not working today all i had was a clone stamp tool and the selection tool so what i did was i kind of sat and sketched it out on a piece of paper like the bits i knew would be missing and then painstakingly went through the image and just was using the clone stamp and copying and paste copying and paste paste, copying and paste just adding little bits and building this car almost up like a mosaic till in the end apart from the fact that I removed her I also had to put in that because it was a sports car there was a windshield and I had to get what was behind the windshield as well and I sat there night after night after night till in the end I was like satisfied I'd removed her and the next day he came down and I showed him the picture and I said oh yeah you know the picture you, you gave me and uh and he said, "Yeah." And I opened it up, and I said, "What do you think?" And he looked at it, and then there was this realization on his face that she'd gone, and you'll have to bleep this out. But he just went, "In hell!" <laughs> <laughs> and he gave me the biggest whack on my back. He was a big, big Swedish guy, and he gave me the biggest whack on my back. And your
0: dentures come out, and
1: <laughs> yeah, and he bought me a copy of PaintShop Pro Four. Wow. So I, I then had a, a copy of it, and that was like my first ever proper photographic challenge I did. Now, that's retouching. I was going to say, why didn't you
0: go down the retouching route then? Yeah, because I hated every second of it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it taught me a lot about about colour and, and how things would look. So I learned the tool. I learned, I learned what the tools were and used Paint. Like I say, bought me a copy of PaintShop Pro. And then I was tried Because it had type tool in it. So I took it home. I ended up buying my first computer, loaded it up, and then found you could do text. And you could start to, like, add more graphical elements to it. So I sat and started to teach myself. I used to, like, pick up a magazine or something and then try and make it... Just try and recreate it mm. and just use PaintShop Pro. Then what happens, you've you've had it, is once people see you've got this bit of software... Every, I think, for about five years, every job I did, it was. Can you put so and so's head on so and so's <laughs> yeah, body? Yeah. I did loads and, of that. Oh god, I did calendars, I did birthday cards, but it was quite good fun because I was starting to you know finding iconic images. And then the chat. See, I love a challenge. If somebody says to me, "Can you make this?" But I'm afraid I haven't got anything to give you. I love the challenge of a blank sheet of paper you know photographers like the landscape or the studio with the model i like nothing i want a nice clean page and that for me then was the challenge is what can i create today what can i make and i just taught myself that just did it just constantly copying things find packaging or something in a book or a magazine and just kept trying to do it see see there's that word again that c
0: word copying We've yeah. talked about this before, you know, it's I think we've both in presentations we've both done we talk about the importance of copying and how it helps you to grow and develop your skills and then your own I suppose your own style and that's yeah. the same with yourself with your own
1: design work, right? Ab- absolutely. I mean, I even as an artist, even as a like sitting drawing, I was immense at copying. You give mm. me something I could copy it to almost perfection. But ask me to draw a bowl of fruit and it looks like the pencils fell off a table onto a bit of paper, and you know, I, I mean, I can draw. I can draw. I'm, I'm underselling myself. I can draw, but I can copy like an ace, <laughs> and that's what I used to do. I used to get comics and magazines and like a photograph, and I would I would redraw it and then colour it in and shade it and and teach myself that kind of thing. But that was the thing I loved doing the most because then when I realised my talent wasn't like Aaron where he could draw characters and things. I can still draw characters with the kids now. But I started to realise that every time I had fun, it was when I was copying a magazine cover or I was copying something that had text. So therefore, I started drawing type. So I knew the thing I was drawn to every time was rather than copy everything, start to copy the things you like the most. And I especially liked American design. Like that kind of mid-century Americana. Is this all the stuff of, uh, like the Bill Rose? Yeah, the yeah. Did with Bill Rose. I loved old signage, and like I say, I watched all those nineteen-sixties shows and Thunderbirds and Joe ninety, and they all had really kind of bright, iconic shapes and colours. So you know, looking back now, it's always weird when in when you're in the moment, you don't realise it, and yet when you look back and think of all the things that inspired you and what you were doing, mm. it's oh, crikey, yeah, all these memories yeah are just yeah, yeah. like popping back of things that i could visualize that i wish i knew then i absolutely wish i knew then because again you know there's those little moments in your life is you know am i in the wrong job but again another changing career i worked at this company for a while i taught myself uh paint shop pro i did get a i did get my hands on using photoshop at, at Eventually, I've, I've admitted I've admitted to having a copy yeah. before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I'd, I think I'd Photoshop four. Right. Um, was I can't even remember who gave it to me. Someone gave it to me because I had a disc of it. Uh, very soon after, fo- I remember Photoshop five came out, and then f- five point five. But mm. for me, it was it was really hard to jump from Paint Shop Pro to Photoshop because suddenly here is this other piece of software that looks way more complicated that I had my hands on, but there wasn't a great deal around for me to like be inspired by because the software but I got nothing nothing really to teach me at that point. So I kept going back to PaintShop Pro. Uh, and it took me a really long time, probably until Photoshop five point five, before I sort of embraced it and then was through the internet, mm. you know, starting to become and, and then there's starting to be more uh, more content available I started to understand what you could do with it mm. but I was still always desktop publishing you know the the, the, fo- the photo side was nice and I was sick of putting heads on people <laughs> but but I learned I learned you know, at the time I'd I'd go up against anyone for putting a head on another body and changing yeah. the color and making it look do, real do you know what what I'm kind of picking up on here is and this is this is kind of like a
0: like a hallelujah moment to me thinking my god yeah I'm, I'm hearing this now is the fact that all the stuff you're talking about from being a kid growing up you like you were just fascinated it's kind of in your in your whole makeup that you were just drawn yeah. to that kind of stuff and you know we're, we're fast forwarding now you work in, you know you're a graphic designer and I want to cover more of this obviously but I'm yeah. kind of surmising here you're you're designing books covers for you know thankfully myself other authors as well now you know got other yeah. book covers out there you're presenting on stage all this kind of stuff's going on but there's no mention so far of you being going to university to study graphic design and I think this is this is a this is quite a big thing really because you know most people could look at you and go wow look what you're doing there you are you're presenting in America you're doing book covers God I wish I'd gone down that route but you haven't really gone down that route. You've just no. you've just taken hold of something that you just love, and you've you. I mean, you're self-taught.
1: But yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, I've only ever done in my whole life. I've only ever done one Photoshop uh, course qualification uh, when I lived in Leicestershire. Uh, I went on a, a like a night school thing just mm. to find out what else Photoshop could do. Um, I can't remember what version it was, but it was like pre pre-creative suite definitely it might have been about photoshop six or seven um and i went and did it and was able to you know fulfill the course that was the only qualification not even a qualification it was a certificate from a local college um but it was just really that was the only time i actually put myself into like i need to learn something here if i want to be good at this i need to at least practice but yeah again it's i think it goes back to that There's a thing inside you that definitely knows what you like the most. I think it's just making the decision at that time and life gets in the way. You know, we've both had lots of stuff in our life that's twist and turn the the direction you make. But yeah, when people sort of say that, they assume maybe I've won awards or, you know, I've worked for an agency or I've been to university and I think it's quite nice for them when when I say to them no compl- I am completely self-taught. See, oh, I
0: actually think that is quite, you know, this sounds really corny cool, doesn't it? But it's actually quite inspiring that somebody can get that kind of career. Yeah. If if you know, you don't necessarily have to go and get all these you know kind of go to all these special universities and get all these qualifications and stuff like that clearly with someone like yourself it is your skill level that has got your foot in the door
1: yeah and you've still got to be committed to learning i think that's the one thing is one way or another we 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 all should understand how to learn and that's a really important skill because that is something that if you just assume you know it you actually won't
0: learn anything cool right well listen on that on that note i'm going to try and segue this here i do want to ask you more about learning okay okay? but before we do that it's time for the new segment that we introduced in our show going back a couple (laughs) of episodes with hannah cousins Do you remember dave i do remember (laughs) and that segment is this getting to know All right, so Dave, obviously I didn't pre warn you about this. I think people could probably tell that now. Mm. So, you know the score here. I am going to say okay. certain either words or phrases to you. Okay. And I just want you to say as cleanly as possible the first thing that comes into your head. All right. I'm quite and anxious it- about this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been writing these words down as you've been talking, thinking, okay. Oh, yeah, okay. And it's just to sort of, you know, just cover a few things. Right. Uh, so, I'm going to start the clock. Uh, In a moment, and it'll be roughly 30 seconds ish. In fact, we'll start the clock now.
1: Photoshop world. Learning and community. Graphic design. Best job ever. Family. Oh, critical. Critical. Favorite logo? Rolling Stones. Oh,
0: I thought you'd say mine.
1: (laughs) favorite favorite designed logo would be yours (laughs) all right
0: presenting on stage
1: nerve-wracking but but enjoyable okay bookshops oh heaven (laughs) (laughs) brothers
0: oh doesn't have to be family Cool. And here's one. I want you to think long and hard about this one. Oh, Dave's my favourite. <laughs> yeah, think long and hard about this one. Okay. okay. I want to hit, get your uh, reaction to people who do videos in cars making out they're really busy. Um, Fake.
1: <laughs> <laughs> don't, even get me, was... don't even get me
0: started on that one. <laughs> and that was getting to know you. Right, let's go for a quick commercial break.
1: Are you finding yourself asking these questions about your business? How can I get more business? What will take me to the next level? I wish I knew what my website was missing. Well worry no more. Just download the award winning, award winning website plugin to boost your ego and your business. One click and it will add the words award-winning in front of any word you choose. For example, I'm a photographer, I'm an award-winning photographer. It's that simple. Wow, that's amazing. Does it matter that I haven't actually won an award? No, I mean whoever checks. Get the award winning, award winning plugin from Bloom and Cheek. Download now. Terms and conditions may apply.
0: All right, so now we've got that out of the way. We were talking just a few moments ago about learning, all right? And one thing I kind of mentioned to you before we started recording was about design and learning. Now, obviously, this might sound like a bit of a daft question for someone like yourself who uh, presents on stage, okay? And you talk and you've actually recorded classes, video classes, been to America and recorded some classes for Kelby One. You've recently Mm -hmm. been out there again recording more classes on it with design, uh, using Photoshop and all that kind of stuff. But my question is, and this might sound odd, is can design be learned? And I don't mean the techniques, yeah, because that's a given, all right? Because you can write techniques in a book till the cows come home. But yeah.
1: can design itself be learned? I think, I know there's a whole argument between the, that whole nurture nature thing. I, I honestly believe that f- a, a good chunk of the population are born with a, with a God-given talent. You know, when you see like a six-year-old kid playing classical music, like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, they're taught. They're not taught it. I I think it's there. You just have to identify what it is, and then nurture it, and then give that child the tools to do the thing that they love doing. I think I think design can be learned, which is why I do that presentation, which I thought would be for photographers. I really thought about a huge percentage of my audience would be photographers. And it actually went the other way. There was a huge percentage of graphic designers. And all the comments I've got since I've done that presentation and also done it elsewhere has been, wow, I never thought to look at design like that. And then you get comments afterwards where people send you links where they've spotted something. So I think... I think we, we are, I, I would say, we're all designers. I think we all have an element of design because one of the things in the presentation I do is I show something really bad. And my point is, is when you see something really badly made or badly designed, your brain knows it's badly designed. <laughs> yeah. And part of your brain tries to solve that one way or another. You might not know anything about typography or colour, but, and this is only my opinion, but I think your brain somehow redesigns the bad thing it sees. Now, it's then understanding what what process you just went through. If you're going to a clothes shop, uh, anybody listening, you're going to a clothes shop and you're looking for something to wear, why don't you just walk up to the first t-shirt and the first pair of jeans you find and walk out the shop? You don't, do you? You spend a- an hour picking up t-shirt. I don't like that design. don't like that colour. Oh, I like that logo, but I don't like it there. Um, oh I like that but I don't like the print on the back there you are there you're a designer you you may not be designing it but you're making the decision based like somebody who thinks they have an opinion on design because it's your personal taste because it's the it's the thing that either you know inspires you or you know the, the, a color that evokes a memory or something and I'm sure there could be a hundred graphic designers listening to me right now going that's complete toss." no mate there's, there's but thousands thousands yeah we're professionals here there's thousands yeah there's there's thousands we've seen the stats (laughs) we know we know that we know what's going on (laughs) thousands (laughs) but but it's a personal i think it's a very personal thing i think you can learn design but i think you have to be open to know what you're seeing and and understanding why you are making. it why did you buy that cereal over that cereal why did you buy that book or that magazine they were all goes back to you're making design led Decisions every day, so each of us has a taste where we like this, but we don't like that. Now you might not be able to recreate it yourself. You might have zero ability at draw. You know, people say I can't draw, I can't use a computer. But you could. If somebody said to you, "You're you having your house decorated? What do you do? You go out and spend ages looking at complementary colours. You look at pictures you're going to hang on the wall. Well." You don't just go in and buy the first picture you see. You actually spend time looking at it. These are all design things. So I think yeah. you're always learning design. It's how you apply the knowledge that you've, that you've got and whether there's something in your life that you want to take that and do something. And I, and I always encourage anyone who says, oh, I, you know, I want to make a birthday card for my kid. I want to make an invite for their party. And I would say, well, do it. Don't don't ask me, do it, and then let's have a look at what you've done, and and then I say, but look at something that you like. Just think of a style. Does the kid like sci-fi? Does it like you know? Does it need to be flowery? And it's surprising how the high percentage of of those things that people make are really good for, mm. given that you know there might be a shift worker at a car factory, you know that. It's there. Mm. I think it's just how you apply the knowledge that you gain. And we are surrounded by all this all day, every day. Mm. Um, It
0: kind of makes me think, as you're talking there about, you're kind of saying that everybody's a designer and everyone can be learned to develop that kind of skill. Yes, yeah. And that's very much kind of like what uh, our friend, you've mentioned him already, our friend Aaron Blaze kind of mentions, because whenever we're hanging out with him, we always say, God, man, you're so talented. And he's so kind of... Mate, no, seriously. Listen, I've been doing this for a long time, four years, isn't it, or something? Yeah, yeah, a long time. He says it's just it can be learned, and so yeah, I I, I totally get what he's saying there. Yeah, I still do think there has to be that, like with the graphic design thing, that it's in you already. Yeah, I think with the art thing with Aaron, it's in him already. Yeah, but I do I do agree that you can still develop it.
1: Yeah, Aaron's not a plumber, you know. That some some people you know same as me uh, diy and mechanics right write it off now <laughs> you know bizarrely when i worked for my dad i learned a ton of problem solving ideas and it and it applies in everything you know from trying to find something okay i can't find the thing i want but i know i can change something i've got so i can i can still i'm the mechanic in me still comes out one one thing one thing i want to kind of find out about is and i want you
0: i want to use this to sort of for you to tell us what your process is, but also as a way of you telling people, this is a good way, I think, of, of how to do it. And I want to speak to you about your process. Yeah. So, for example, I know many times you've told me how how you came up with, as my example, my logo, Okay, which yeah. is genius. In fact, earlier tonight... When me and Anne were sat downstairs and she's looking through my new book. Uh, she's looking through it. And there's a, there's a little bit on there that's got my logo in it on a picture inside. And yeah. she just turned the page, saw your logo. And she just turned and looked at me and she went, "That your logo, it's just it's just genius. And she goes, you know what? It's only until like a year ago that I realized that it wasn't just your head. It's the G and the D. She says, it's just genius. <laughs> so I want to speak to you, and I agree with that. I, I want to, <laughs> I want to, I want to find what is your process. Let's say now I come to you and say, Dave, I need, I need a new logo. Yeah. Where do you go from that when somebody comes to you and says, right, how do you know I want, I need a new logo? What can you do for me?
1: Yeah. Um, it's changed massively. Back when I first started, there was a lot of, um, okay, leave it with me, and I'm going to go away and come up with something. And the problem with that is you end up creating something you really like, but you're not really taking into consideration the person you're making it for. Mm. Then you get you tend to get very upset when they don't like it. And you're thinking, what do you mean you don't like it? You're not even a designer. You don't understand. And then you flick your beret off and kick the easel over and you storm out of <laughs> <Yeah>. the studio. <laughs> Did um, you have
0: to say that? Just I took a mouthful of water. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but for me, the a process, how my process has changed is... When you get to the point where someone's going to pay you to do something, you have to know how to research and you have to know how to put together. I mean, like you put mood boards together yeah, yeah. and it's the kind of thing I do. And now I tend to ask, you know, before I was too afraid to ask because it would be like, well, if they're giving me the information, they'll want to pay less because they think they've done more of the work. But now it's a case of get to know the person, get to know the product Um, and ask a lot of questions what do you like what do you don't like when I say this to you what what appears in your head is there a shape and it might just be the ease of somebody saying I love circle I keep seeing it in a circle right I'm going to go ahead and create your logo around it being in a circle or using a circle so I do a lot of research I speak to the people I don't generally like taking on work now because my my job has changed but back in the day you try and do everything and please everybody and i look mm-hmm. back at some of my work and i'm not happy you know it wasn't good mm-hmm. but i did a lot of it for free as well to to practice whereas now you know i want to make sure i get this right and i want to make sure that all the elements all the pieces come together for that person so you research you you come up with your own idea and you're trying to put everything together now yours was my f- my favorite word serendipity it was if your name wasn't Glyn Dewis <laughs> that logo <laughs> wouldn't work and and, and or all if it I had, had a I normally, bald head and a nose yeah, yeah if you had a full head of hair <laughs> and, a, and a little nose but like nose. A base, yeah <laughs> but I generally I always have a notepad like uh, I use filled notes because that's just the the books that I like they're a nice little size but generally pe- keep a pencil and a notepad and, it, and write down words um if somebody says you know I've just done been working on a logo for a photographer and one of the things that I knew was really important to this person was something in their life that they really treasure so okay I thought well I'll, I will start with that so my process then is I will then the first and this is and I've this has caught me out before as a logo designer you do one of two things. You go and research and look on Google and you look on stock photography sites and what you do is you type in the thing you know you're going to make. Now, some people would say don't do this because it influences you and others would say, like myself, is no, go and have a look because when you're designing, say, a dog logo or a photography logo, it's the easiest and it's the hardest job in the world because it's hard to be original doing a logo for a photographer and it's hard to be original doing a photo uh, a logo for someone who has something like a dog because there's a million dog logos out there and there's a million photography logos so what I try to do is research what's already out there and decide what I don't like and then start to piece together what I do like and I didn't I did a test once I gave myself a project I made a logo and then I googled the logo within page two of google i found what i'd created now i hadn't copied it but through our life through our day-to-day going about our business we are influenced constantly that which is what gives us taste we have taste in in design i like old retro stuff some people like really modern and and you find yourself being influenced by things and i know i know we're getting on i know we're running out of time no it's no one carry thing. on right so there's um i'll have to find it on on youtube there was a Darren brown episode the, the the mind guy for any yeah, american yeah. american friends look up Darren brown d-e-r-r-e-n brown and he's like um a, a mind illusionist and he actually one week did a graphic design marketing pr- thing and i think he had like three teams of people it from design agencies and and what he was going to do was he, he was going to get them all to come to the studio. He was going to give them a brief. They were going to create something. And then obviously what he does is he turns his piece of paper over and he's drawn exactly what they've drawn. But not only that, they've all drawn exactly the same thing as him. And you're thinking, how do you do that? And you watch it and he picks them up and he drives them to the studio and they travel in the car. They're talking to him. Like, how do you feel about today? And they get to the studio. He gives them, I think it was an elephant. It was something around an elephant. And the three agencies went about and created this piece of artwork. And when they'd finished, they'd all created the same thing. And when he unsealed his, you know, here I drew this a week ago. Here's the proof. They were all not, they weren't all identical, but they were all the same idea. And then he shows you how he did it. And what he did was as he drove each team from their office to the studio the taxi driver took a very deliberate route and along that route he'd placed some very deliberate iconic things like they drove them past like elephant and castle station he deliberately made sure the car stopped at a certain point where there was an image on a wall a poster and a piece of type and a word and a shop with a with a name Uh, And I might be paraphrasing here a little bit, but it's all kind of subliminal, isn't it? Subliminal. And then when they got there, he gave them the brief. He knew they'd put all the things they'd seen together to create. Now (laughs) they hadn't copied, but they were inspired. They they unbeknown to them, they'd been inspired by things they'd seen. So my design can change from week to week. One Mm -hmm. week I can be very like retro style, and another week I can be quite like bold, thick colours because. As you know, my library in my office is a lot of books. (laughs) I have a problem. But I find depending on what I've been researching actually changes the way I design something. So my process can change, but it changes around getting to know the, you know, there's no point in me doing something retro if someone's got something quite new and modern.
0: So, so it's fair to say, then, it's not the way you do your stuff, then, in summary, I guess, is you spend way more time researching than
1: you do actually doing. Yeah. In fact, there's a phrase, there's an Albert Einstein phrase. Um, basically, it's uh, someone says to you, I'll give you three hours to chop a tree down. I'll spend the first hour sharpening the axe. Because... that preparation is going to make that task easier so i found through experience the more time i spend researching the better quality product and a perfect example to mention your new book the photoshop (laughs) toolbox a project i loved because of like the obviousness of it but the challenge of making something eye-catching was Mm. you know the Photoshop toolbox, what else What else does it need to be? It needs to be a toolbox. And we all came up with the same with, the, with Photograph Like a Thief. We all came up pretty much with the same thing. It needs to look a toolbox. Yeah. But then it was my first thing, my first idea was based around Photograph Like a Thief. And it was a guy, it was like sit the same guy from the book leaning on an old tool chest. And because I was thinking, oh, should we keep it in the theme of your titles at Rocky Nook? But it just didn't work. So then we spoke to Scott and Ted and I'm not afraid to ask advice. I said, don't ever be afraid to ask the client what they want. Yeah. Because the, if you give them what they want, they're more likely to be pleased <laughs> than, than trying to change their mind. And we spoke to Ted and Scott toolbox. Think of a old t- toolbox. Well, you know, I've worked in engineering. I've had a toolbox. I've been around toolboxes, Br- big, bright red, uh, stickers from all the like spark plugs and oil companies, and they all get scratched up and rough, so it was sketched it out and thought, okay, so it's got to have a metallic background, so let's get a metallic texture. Needs to be a retroy kind of font because it's an old style toolbox look. And then I just researched, I Googled, and I took screenshots of of a few. Again, it goes back to the copying thing. I got screenshots of some badges that appealed to me, that I like the shape or the colour. And then I went into Illustrator and I created every single badge from scratch, used a couple of little texture things to give them a rough and scratched look so they weren't all nicely polished. Unfortunately, the guys at Rocky Nook came back and said, that's it. You saw it. You went, that's it. And that's the (laughs) the nicest moment as a designer is when you've nailed a cross between what you think the client was expecting to see and that you delivered something. More than what they thought I'd get, they'd get. And that was a really fun project because every element of that book cover came from me liking old things, me having books on menus and matchbook covers. And, you know, I, I researched old style fonts and colors to make sure I got the right feel. It was destiny. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Some jobs are a pain in the ass. Some <laughs> jobs you just cannot design your way out of a paper bag for whatever reason. There's a blockage. And, you, and and don't ever be afraid to go back to the client and, and go, I'm not feeling this. I, I don't think I can deliver what you want. And in latter years, I've done that probably more than accepting jobs. Mm. It's cool. all a learning process. Yeah. And, and, and sorry, just to add on to that, a thing that is also super important that a lot of people forget about is this isn't just about things. This is about people now in the last sort of couple of years and through our association with you know teaching the photoshop world mm. is when we think of the people we've met and how they've influenced us uh yeah you know, aaron has been a massive influence on you he's an illustrator Absolutely. and he's been a huge influence on you yeah the people i've sort of met in the circles i i mix in the events i go to have been really influential because not only have i seen what they do as a business and their thought process that now with the advent of podcasts which is you know what we're doing now is i get to listen to a lot of podcasts where i hear about designers how they struggle how they're inspired uh some of the work they've created and the people they've worked with and i'll tell you what you can learn a lot and it's in my presentation as well um that i talk about listening to podcasts and looking for resources and blogs is you will learn so much from seeing how other people work and their own process and whether it's a big company like pentagram or it's a little you know one one-stop shop but a guy that's been doing it 20 years and making a great living out of it they're looking at how they work and how they think can you know i can listen to a podcast for an hour and a half on the way to work and by the time i get to work i, I could actually quit my job and go and start my own <laughs> studio because because all the information that i didn't know that has just been fed to me was I never thought of it like that. I never considered that as a as an alternative route to doing solving a problem. Yeah. So and it caught all this kind of podcasting,
0: the, the blogging and videos. It is an incredible time, isn't it, really, in this whole creative world that how things are so freely shared Yeah, and how much is accessible. It's, it is an, an incredible time for it.
1: And don't be you know, this is the thing that we found in photography that the, the you know, we've been lucky enough that we travel together, we've been to a lot of things together. And if there's one thing I've found, it's that sharing is hugely like it's it's a currency. Sharing for me is a currency. And that's not just sharing techniques, that's sharing information, sharing like helping people, um, sharing contacts, just just anything you can do to help someone else is it actually, re- apart from the fact it makes you feel really good, it makes that person feel good and they then share it with someone else and then you find yourself in, you know, you're in a community that's got your back and that you can go to someone and say, look I'm working on this, I'm struggling a bit, what, what can I ask your opinion on it? They won't go off to your client and steal the job off you, they'll actually sit on Skype and give you you know, I had a three hour chat the other night with Dustin Lee at Retro Supply and all we spoke about was design and marketing. And you know me, I love marketing. <laughs> I, I love the back, the back end as I call it, but I love all, it's not just about design. It's, you know, the, it's the things that we use, the tools we use that design is part of, but you know, you like, you know, I love all the admin and again, and that's as important, you know, learn, the, we always say fit for purpose you know everything's got to be fit for purpose so whether it's a poster or an email campaign or a flyer or a sticker you know everything needs th- some thought put into it and then and then making all those things be the same be part of a brand is important not just having 10 different fonts on 10 different things you look at the branding for the show you know we've we've kept to a colour scheme a font Everything we do, we try to to work around the color. All that stuff is important, and and other people will influence and help you with that, and say, yeah, it's good, but I can't read that. Again, you know, don't be precious about it. It's just love it. Well, listen, listen. There is, I know from having
0: been your mate for a good few years now, and sharing a room with him when we travel a lot, and all that kind of stuff. I know there's a lot of layers. To you, Mister Clayton. So there's oh, yes. there's quite a lot that I want to kind of cover with you, but we're not. I'm going to save that for another chat because there are certain things I think could probably end up being an episode in themselves, and one of them being is talking about how you, as somebody who I would say is not comfortable or wasn't comfortable, talking in front of a group of people has gone from not wanting to do it to now being on stage in front of a lot of people and yeah. also being filmed. I want to talk about that because that's you know that's a big difference in your confidence and I want to know how you overcome that because I think that could be really beneficial to folks. Yeah, so definitely. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely save that. We'll save that. that, yeah. We'll save that. But I want to kind of finish off, wrap up with, just to find out, off the top of your head,
1: what's next for Dave Clayton? Okay, that's a good question. That's a really good question. So... In a nutshell, at the moment, I'm really fortunate that my years of experience have put me in a job that I absolutely adore. I love, I love what I'm doing at the moment, working for who I work for, for Astute Graphics, because it's a product in a world surrounded by people who inspire me constantly. That my main objective from from my day job, because that is, you know, pays the bills. Is we've got a real a lot of really cool stuff happening at what we're doing at the moment, which is stretching us outside of what where we've been, which is Adobe Illustrator. So I'm really focused on that, on creating really good training and good content for the company. Outside of that, the thing that that makes me Dave, uh, there's something I can't say. <laughs> Just, Just let It's a contract. Just leave it. Yeah, like that. there there is a con- there is a contract for something. Uh, that is a really big challenge for me um, and, and i've i've realized lately like you say that pushing myself a little step at a time given you know that I've got four kids a day job and I can't give all my time to this this particular thing I think at the moment I, I've set myself some little goals um doing this next project will be really important that will open a that will open some doors I'm oh, sure yeah. um, I, there are a couple of things you know i i never thought i'd say it but i i would actually like to teach at mac adobe max just once <laughs> <But it's, laughs> i i That's didn't brilliant. think i i didn't think i was i was uh i, I knocked myself quite a bit yeah
0: you do um, you're you're one of these people who does kind of you've always i'm i'm, you know, I'm so glad that you are now kind of um you're getting all this attention. You know, you are presenting, you are getting filmed doing stuff and all this other stuff. And the contract, which we yeah. can't talk about. I'm glad because you've always been the person that was, everyone knew Dave, you know, um, but you are always the person who was always helping everybody else. It was just just unfaltering kind of support. What can I do for you? What can I do for you? Oh, I know someone who can do that. I'll get a contact for you. Just always helping. Yeah. And that that is the perfect example that, you know, if you if you kind of just selflessly give out enough, it comes back, and it's coming back. And this is this is absolutely your time now. And it is. I wish we could talk about the contract, but we can't. <laughs> but it is brilliant, and I can't wait until we can talk about yeah. it because it's brilliant, mate. It's absolutely brilliant. I, th- but I
1: think it will it will definitely make it may the, this thing may actually open up a couple more doors that a couple of the doors of things that I just wanna. I only want to do things if I think I can really give it a hundred percent, and I've probably got a lot of that from you because I, I watch your worth, work ethic, and your thought process, and being around you, I think you just you do pick up good traits of your of your mates. That having the fact that someone's believed in me on this is huge for my confidence because yeah, I have put in a lot of years sharing and giving, and you know. Um, Oh, i wish i could say more because there are other people in the, around this thing there are people i've i've helped get get to this th- this thing we're talking about before i've got to it this is unfair isn't it because people are listening
0: thinking god's sake just say what, what is it, is. it? Yeah. But we can't no, so listen can't. We're, we're going to end it now yeah because this is almost like i've got a secret and i can't tell you yeah so um <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it there we will do the other episode and I want to try and, and you will have a chat afterwards about how we can bring that into a whole whole yeah. uh, episode there about the confidence thing. because I think it's really, really important. Uh, but, Dave, thank you. I know oh, I kind of you. threw this on you last minute. And I know you didn't know about the old uh, getting to know you thing, but I thought it'd be a bit of fun. Now, you know, yeah. you interviewed me, turn the tables. Let's get me, mate Dave, on here. So, Dave, thank you. Thank you. This, Dave Clayton, is your life.